May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that speaks great things, who have said, with our tongues we will prevail, our lips are our own, who is Lord over us. Because of the devastation of the poor, because of the groaning of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord, and I will put him in the safety for which he longs. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, filtered seven times. You, Lord, will keep them. You will protect him from this generation forever. The wicked strut about on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of mankind. In this psalm, David calls out to God as he sees the degrading of his nation, being caused by a moral decline. David specifically points out that vileness is being exalted while dishonesty runs rampant. And he points out in verse 1 that in this time the faithful have disappeared. In 1970, Alexander Solzhenitsyn was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature. He had been a commander in the Soviet Army when in 1945 he was arrested for criticizing Stalin in a private letter. He was sentenced to an eight-year term in the Gulag, which is a work camp. He wrote many works examining the history of the totalitarian Soviet system, and he was eventually exiled from Russia in 1974. In the days before his exile, Solonitsyn wrote an essay to the people titled, Live Not My Lies. In this essay, he points out that their oppression is held up by a web of lies that they each participate in, either by repeating the lie or not speaking against it. And he writes, it demands from us only obedience to lies, daily participation in lies. All loyalty lies at that. And the simplest and most accessible key to our liberation lies right here personal non-participation in lies. Though lies conceal everything, though lies embrace everything, not with any help from me. It is the easiest thing for us to do, but the most devastating for the lies. Because when people renounce lies, it simply cuts short their existence. I only share this to remind us of the damage that allowing dishonesty to prevail will distort all levels of society, far beyond anything we might expect or recognize. So David starts Psalm 12 by invoking the Lord. He says, help, Lord. He cries out to the Lord. And I'll just remind us that this is the correct reaction that we need to have when we're struggling with the fact that the vilest of men are being exalted. The first answer is not political action. But as the Lord leads, we should be involved in political action. And yet it's not laws that will deliver us and make things right. It's the Lord. He needs to save and deliver and come to our aid. Neither is the answer to hide from the issue. No, we need to seek the Lord for deliverance. We can't just pretend like everything is fine. 
For myself, it's very tempting to go about my work and ignore the issues raging within our nation. But the people of God have a responsibility to represent our faith and the culture. In Psalm 12, we see the example that David provides. First, we need to call on the Lord for his protection. In verse 1, help, Lord, for the godly person has come to an end, for the faithful have disappeared from the sons of mankind. Here David begins to give his lament, the thing that's really bothering him, and the thing that causes him to call out to God. David gives two reasons that he needs God's deliverance and help. First, the godly man ceases. There's a famous quote that says, that all is, is required for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. And this quote's not from the Bible, but it is an accurate observation. The Bible shows us that we live in a fallen world and that the default is towards evil. So David laments that in his day the godly people have come to an end and they're no longer upholding righteousness in the culture. Now this part of the lament is David's perspective on the situation. He feels alone. He feels, as Elijah would later also feel, that he was the last of the faithful. And although David and later Elisha, Elijah would feel alone, God always has a remedy. And this can encourage us when we also feel isolated and alone. As the vilest men are lifted up, the nation is running out of godly people. And we can see how this happens. As the people look up to the wicked, we might expect things to become more and more evil. And so David is distressed because the godly cease as the vilest men are exalted. David follows that up with the statement, the faithful fail among the sons of mankind. This is a parallel to the first statement. And it's saying almost the same thing, but it's a little bit, adding a little bit to the original thought. The word faithful here has been interpreted as true or reliable. So David tells us these people have disappeared from the sons of mankind. The saying is used to include everyone, the general population of the nation. And David laments that the truth and truthful and reliable people have disappeared from the nation of Israel. So this in this general population is lacking godly and faithful people as their society exalts evil. As David sees the decline in his nation, he calls out to God. Now David moves in verses 2 to 4 to describe the vile people who are being lifted up. David draws attention in particular to what their mouths are doing or what their speech is. We'll read verses 2 to 4. They speak lies to one another. They speak with flattering lips and a double heart. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips. The tongue that speaks great things. Who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? In verse 2, David addresses their speech. How does a society that's marginalized the godly man and exalted the vile man 
what is their speech like and what could we expect it to be like? In verse 2, they speak lies to one another. They speak with flattering lips and a double heart. So these men adopt the practice of deception and dishonesty. And they do this with their neighbors, their companions and friends. They lie not just to their enemies. In this society, they lie even to their friends. And they do all this with flattering lips. The word for flattering is literally smooth, slippery. It's intended to trip you up, that you would fall and injure yourself. And that is the intention of these men. They want to injure their follow, fellow man. As with our Lord Jesus said, the mouth speaks from the abundance of what's in one's heart. And how are the hearts of these people pictured in verse 2? They have a double heart. When you're talking to them, they portray their heart or their desires and intentions and thoughts one way. But really it's as if there's a whole other heart in them that they keep hidden. And it's full of violence and evil intention. And no one wants to look as bad as they truly are. So they know how to hide their true self and put forward an exterior that will allow them to deceive, as we've been reading about. Have you ever interacted with someone so socially talented that they never give away their true feelings? Someone who always agrees with you? Is always happy and engaging? I've dealt with people like that. Someone so engaging that you're never sure if they're genuine or just calculating their words for what you might want to hear. You might go away with an uneasy feeling. You might wonder if you maybe shouldn't have bought that used car. <laughs> In verse 3, there have been different approaches to the translation. In King James it says, The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. This is presented as a declaration by David that the Lord will act. Whereas other common translations view this as a request by David to God. Uh, the New American Standard Bible reads, May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that speaks great things. This, this psalm is considered a lament, and following the structure of David's other laments, it's consistent with his writing to take this as a request. David calls upon the Lord to act in this wicked time. We're not left to wonder what David's view of the deception that's become prevalent. He asked God to cut it off and put a final end to the lies. Verse 3 tells us David's request that the Lord would act violently against these deceptive and boastful people. In verse 4, David explains further what they've been saying. Who have said, with our tongues we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Here we learn what the motivation has been for this deception. With our tongues we will prevail. In other words, if we can control the story, we can shape it to our benefit. 
And if we can control the narrative, no one can rule above us. There's also a level of self-deception that comes with repeating all of it. The real danger is we might believe it eventually. If we participate in a lie, we can actually lose sight of the truth. In the example David gives, the deception has gone so far as to blasphemy, saying there is no God among us, above us. In verse 5, God responds to David's praying and lamenting, saying, Because of the devastation of the poor, because of the groaning of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will put him in the safety for which he longs. It's often been asked if David, if God spoke to David, or if David is writing what he believes God would say. I take the view that God has heard the prayer of David and responded directly. Other Psalms of Lament don't include a response from God. And that's part of why I understand this Psalm as a prayer. Having heard David's request from God, having heard David's request, God responds, and in his response he declares three things. He tells us why God will respond, when God will respond, and what God will do. God states that he will act because of the devastation of the poor and the groaning of the needy. Here we see a truth that appears many times in Scripture that God is concerned about those who are most vulnerable, those who are assigned the least value and stature, are of a concern to God, who is all-powerful. The writer James later reminds us, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. So out of concern for the poor, God will act now. The time has come and he will intervene. God will arise and deliver the oppressed into the safety for which they long. The word used for safety is the same word used earlier in verse 1 when David cries out, help, Lord. So it is a direct response to David's lament. In verse 6 and 7 we see... David praising God, saying, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in the furnace, on the ground, filtered seven times. You, Lord, will keep them. You will protect him from this generation forever. Surrounded by lies, David rejoices at the truth of God's response. He acknowledges that God's words are like silver refined seven times. David trusts God that he will keep the oppressed and right, oppressed righteous people and protect them forever. So David is expressing his confidence that God will keep or watch or guard and observe his poor, needy, and oppressed people. Even in the midst of a society that marginalizes them and exalts violence. God will protect his people from this generation to forever. So in Psalm 12, we should find encouragement in David's prayer. It acknowledges that in a culture where immorality is held up in high regard, the right
righteous will be oppressed and silenced. But God hears the groaning of the needy and will protect his people. In his lament, David offers us an example to follow. When we find ourselves surrounded by evil, he first calls out to God for deliverance, recognizing that the future is in his hands, in God's hands. We need to be sure that we are not like the faithful people in David's time who had disappeared as the time became more wicked. Let's consider how we can remain faithful as we call out to God. Let me close in prayer. Lord, this week I ask that you would direct our lives and show us where you would have us represent your truth in our daily lives. And that through our witness that others would come to know you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Stand and sing the last song. Praise him, praise him. That's him, number 12.